This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We will preview UFC Fight Night, Bomp vs. Aldo. We don't have a card to recap this week, so last but not least, we'll hit you with our segments. Isn't he awesome in real world callouts? Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. This week we got a nice little fight night spot to uh, preview. No recap, so we'll uh, pretty much start jumping right into our matchups and our preview. But before we do, we'll start with our take of the week. Uh, so Ryan, as always, take us away. All right, take of the week this week we got Kevin Lee recently cut by the UFC. Um, He's basically treated like a uh, crazy ex-girlfriend by the uh, by the UFC here. Uh, apparently, he was uh, he's dumped by email. Um, just uh, just a quick email from Uncle Dana. His ser- services are no longer needed, and uh, and he's out the door. Yeah. Uh, well, this is probably the biggest news of like at least the last few days. Probably the most surprising too. So my take of the week was also included in that. Uh, so I'll do my my side of it. Is Kevin Lee got cut, and I don't really feel sorry for him at all. Um, a lot of people are shocked by it. I don't even know if I'm I'm surprised by it, but I don't know if I'm like I I don't know really. I mean, when you think about it, he's just completely underperformed in most uh, most facets of uh, UFC. I mean, he's talked a decent talk at times. He's had some good performances at times, but he's like one in five or six in his last six or seven fights. So. Uh, maybe he was just a heavy contract, and they would rather give a give another guy a shot. One of the content, yeah. one of the five hundred contender series guys they they signed. Yeah, I mean, I said the UFC treated him like a crazy ex girlfriend, but maybe that's legit. Maybe he is. I mean, his career arc is kind of like a uh, a crazy ex girlfriend, right? He comes into the UFC, goes on a little run, unknown, and Looks then good. he uh, he starts to get all this confidence. He's wearing these crazy outfits, you know. He's like the hot shit in town. And uh, and he gets a few more wins after that. Then, uh, you know, the honeymoon period wears off. He starts to uh, take some hits and some losses here and there. And then uh, and then just completely loses it. Mo- tries to go to 170. He's bouncing back and forth. Can't decide if he wants to be here or there. Just, you know, it's we got a lot of parallels here. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Let's if he's your if he's if you're talking about him as a, as a crazy ex girlfriend. Let's just say he was never hotter than that night. He destroyed single handedly destroyed everyone at that press conference and then punched Michael Chiesa in the head. That, <laughs> yeah, right. That was what made the UFC fall in love with Kevin Lee. But then started uh, started not performing. Uh, the the outlier here is the Gregor Gillespie knockout when everyone's like, oh, he's gone to TriStar and he's turned over a new leaf because. He looked incredible in that fight. Well, that might maybe that was more of a fluke than anything. Uh, it was an insane knockout. Um, probably one of the most dead people I've ever seen inside the octagon. But um, he's also serving a six-month suspension for Adderall, which I don't think really factored into their decision. Maybe it was their excuse to finally cut him. But I think I think he came into the UFC. He got the push that every fighter dreams of getting. He was on. I mean, he was on multiple Rogan uh, podcasts. He was. He's, a lot of people thought he was maybe the guy that was going to challenge Khabib. 
you got a short window to live up to that kind of type of stuff before uh, you just kind of slide. But I mean, Kevin Lee fighting on the early prelims is it doesn't make sense with how much they were going to have to pay him for that. So um, probably for the best. So uh, and he'll probably get paid a lot to go somewhere and be more competitive, uh, maybe in Bellator or something. Maybe they'll make a 165 division just for him because he doesn't want to make 155. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, it's kind of crazy. He was killing it. He he lost on an interim title shot to Tony Ferguson. He had. And staff, he was winning that fight. You know. So who knows how much the staff and you know affected him in that with the antibiotics? Because yeah, he was looking good until he wasn't. And then uh, Khabib absolutely mauled Edson Barbosa, and then Kevin Lee fought Edson Barbosa right after that, and absolutely mauled him sim like Khabib style. Exactly. And then it was like, holy shit, we need to see Khabib versus. Kevin Lee, and then he just completely fell off since then, barring the Gregor Gillespie knockout. Yeah, the one time uh, kind of seemed like he turned it around. He's also, I don't know if he's at TriStar or not, but I, I'm leery of anybody that goes up there. Right, it's kind of like a hobby, like overrated, right? <laughs> he's like a, he's, he's John Kavanaugh 1.0. It's like GSP made TriStar, TriStar didn't make GSP. Just like it's similar to SGB Ireland. Oh, it's. Wow. Let's not call him John Kavanaugh. Come on. I, mean, at least, <laughs> I know. At least for us, hobby didn't ruin GSP's career. He still had, you know, a great career on like. And he, he had career. Rory McDonald too. Yeah. So he had Rory and GSP. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I was going into extremes there, extreme lengths, but there's no reason to go that far. You're right. But again, like, I guess, uh, I guess just do uh, some parting thoughts on Kevin Lee. Let's just do his eulogy since he's no longer in the UFC. He's uh dead to the promotion um yep kevin lee we had high hopes for you um you know we had some good days you had a lot more bad days um you lose to daniel rodriguez and and you're out of here buddy see you later yep and i'll just finish with kevin lee's best line was when uh he said uh michael johnson said something at a press conference about killing somebody he's he laughed at him and said what do you say michael johnson fought Fought 30 times, lost half of them, never killed a guy yet. Um, <laughs> Very true. So Kevin Lee, never hotter than that night at that press conference when he talked about Chiesa's mom. And uh, it was all downhill from there. So gone but not forgotten, Kevin Lee. Yeah, what could have been. Exactly. And maybe maybe what could be. He's pretty young. He did get – he also got that samurai shield tattooed on his head for absolutely no reason – and now I hope he doesn't have to just go back into regular life as a civilian because that's uh, that that tattoo only works in one place and one place only. So yeah, um, best of well, luck to two him. Places the streets or the UFC. <laughs> yeah, best of luck to him though. You so Adderall addiction, it's it's no joke. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's uh, I think it's I think I don't even think his suspension's that long. So I think it was like post dated for a while. So we'll see. Who's, whoever's in the Kevin Lee sweepstakes, uh, good luck to you, and uh, hopefully Kevin Lee does all right. But we can move on now to our uh, our preview here. We got some some good fights on this one, some fights I like a lot. We got UFC Fight Night Font versus Aldo coming up this weekend, kind of a uh, a rev up for the big pay-per-view in a week after that. But this, this fight night here is kind of the fight night quality that you look forward to as for these uh, – this kind of reminds me of pre-COVID fight nights where you get some real some real heaters lined up on a, on a free card. So anytime Jose Aldo's on a card, obviously that's a, a pretty high-quality card. So we got Jose Aldo, Rob Font. Jose Aldo currently is 
plus 120, Rob Font minus 140. I think Rob Font is hot, and I think Jose Aldo, people are kind of uh, guessing he's on his downswing. So uh, I think we might have some value here on Jose Aldo. I know you think so, so I'll just let you uh, give us your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Jose Aldo fan. I mean, I, I'm all, I like betting on him. I mean, he this five-round fight scares me a little bit. We've seen Aldo kind of fade in five-round fights, but we've seen him fade more against power punchers. And I, I, it seems like he starts to fade when he gets rocked, you know? It seems like his gas tank, it, I don't think it's it's as much of a gas tank issue, just like a sole gas tank issue, like he gets tired after three rounds no matter what. I think it's more of when he gets hurt, he starts to gas. So, and that tends to have he starts slowing down a little bit mid third early fourth and that's when he tends to get rocked and uh, and loses gassing I don't think Rob Font's a guy who's going to rock him so I don't think we're going to be looking at too much of a gas tank issue here he's looked in pretty good shape at, at 135 I mean his last fight it looked like he could have kept going all night um I mean Rob yeah. Rob Font we saw um he had one fight where I guess he had the best jab in the UFC we'll see how if that continues and against you know, if he can do that against better guys besides Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt is a great fighter. He's kind of plotting. He's got quick hands, but a little, I don't know, slower feet kind of. I mean, and Aldo's a guy who he's just quick everywhere. He's extremely explosive. He's extremely powerful. Uh, this is going to be a very, very difficult t- fight for Rob Font. I think it's going to be a close fight, but I think this is one Aldo can take. Uh, maybe he can even mix and wrestle in a little bit. I'm not sure. He seems to be going to that a little bit more lately. Um, I just think at, at plus one twenty five or plus one twenty underdog, whatever he is right now, I think Aldo, Aldo's the pick here. Yeah, I like that. And uh, also, we cannot forget that Brazilian Marine boxing Aldo is uh, undefeated. After his uh, whichever fight he, I don't remember after his Peter Jan fight or whatever, he went to uh, start boxing with the Brazilian military. So yeah, and his boxing has uh, never looked better. I mean, his shots, his <laughs> body shots, he's been ripping yeah. body shots like I've. You know, he's always done in his career, but it, he's got he's taken it to a new level since he's been working with those boxes, honestly. Like, he yeah. rips to the body. It, I think maybe the best body punch in the UFC. So that's another thing, Rob Font. You know, he's kind of a skinny guy. His ribs are showing. He can get he can get knocked up to the body pretty easily. He doesn't have much on the on the uh, bones to protect him there. No, and I just I, – I'm with you here. I like the – I definitely like the uh, value on Aldo. I just think that – Maybe Rob Font's uh, stock is a little higher than it should be. Um, again, beating Cody Garbrandt is a good win. Cody Garbrandt's now moving down to 125 because I think the 135 division kind of caught up with him, being that he's not a very big guy. He was barely cutting any weight, so he was a smaller fighter. But um, And I think I think Jose Aldo, as people have been basically uh, predicting his demise now since he got knocked out by Conor McGregor six years ago, and he's – He's actually had a pretty solid second half to his career, so I have uh, no reason to doubt him here. He looked incredible in his last fight, so I'm uh, I'm riding with uh, Aldo with you. So I mean, physically, the guy looks old. I mean, appearance-wise, he looks older and older every time I see him. He looks he ages yeah. ten years a fight. Like at, the next time I see him, he looks even older. But I mean, uh, like his performance-wise, he looks better than ever. So it's hard to say. I mean, I think he's gonna come out there. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna throw put out a good fight. I think he's gonna beat Rob Font, but I, I think it's I do think it's gonna be a close fight. And like you said, I just think I don't know. I think the Rob Font train's a little too high. I mean, the Cody Garbrandt, it, it's a win, but that's a winnable fight. I mean, Marlon Moraes, that's a winnable fight. You know how to beat Marlon Moraes. Besides that, Ricky Simone, Sergio Pettis, he doesn't. You know, he hasn't really fought the guys. He lost to Pedro Munoz. 
excuse me, yeah. lost to Pedro Munoz in 2017. I mean, it's a while ago, but, um, you know, he wasn't far out from delivering pizzas back then. But uh, this is a pizza boy. Don't forget that. <laughs> Sounds like you're in Aldo's corner already yeah. talking This is a pizza trash. boy against a born and bred, been in, you know, fighting at the highest level for, you know, Rob Font was delivering pizzas for years and years and years while, uh, you know, Aldo was at the top of uh, the UFC. So, Yeah, he definitely has experience. And let me just say that one last thing about how he ages. He will look terrible at the weigh-ins, but somehow the worse he looks at weigh-ins, the better he fights um, for Jose Aldo. So I don't know how that works, but I mean, talk about the guy dropped 10 pounds out of nowhere in the second half of his career. It's, 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 He's, he might be aging terribly, but internally he's uh, he's doing pretty well. So um, yeah, I mean, I think he's on a good diet plan. I think I think he's doing everything right at this point in his career. So you know, there's not very very few guys who can lose like uh, like n- there's very few guys who can just lose their belt. Not to mention on the world stage like Aldo did, and then make a comeback like this. Come back retained the belt um after uh mcgregor lost the belt he got the belt back didn't Aldo? yeah and then he lost it again to holloway. yeah because holloway right he yeah, got it back so, and then holloway took it yep and then holloway took it then he fought holloway again couldn't get it done realized you know got to make a change in the division Aldo's a guy i've always said this if a guy's bigger than him he has trouble with them if they're smaller or his height he he wins so um barring a few guys but yeah i, I like Aldo on this one so all right then, that's when we uh, when we got circled. Uh, uh, first underdog of the night too is main event. You Our, know, I just can't stand to see Aldo lose either. The dude's the saddest guy in the world when you see him lose. It makes me oh man, cry, when so. he turtle when he turtles up and just starts taking a beating, that's pretty brutal. Hopefully, we don't have to. It doesn't come to that. So, uh, is uh, co-main event here? Brad Riddell, Rafael Fazev. Yep. Um, we got Brad Riddell minus one ten. Fazev minus 110, according to five dimes here. Um, so we got a pick on between these two guys. Um, Fazev has been looked good, not great. I wouldn't say great in his last fight, entertaining fight against um, Bobby Green. Every fight against Bobby Green's a crazy fight, so hard to uh, hard to really judge anything off that. He's to that point, he's looked really good. And then uh, Brad Riddell, I think his last fight was Drew Dober. He won that fight, fight of the night. So this this could be. Fight of the night uh, quality fight here. As far as who I think will win, um, I'm not really sure. I like Fazev a lot just as a fighter, so kind of running with him. But uh, what do you got on this one? Yeah, I mean, but on the fight of the night thing, a lot of I've heard I've heard that from a few people. I don't think this is going to be a fight of the night. I think this is going to be one of those ones where you think it's going to be fireworks and it's going to be more two two guys feeling each other out for three rounds. I think that's what you're going to see more of. I mean, some of their recent fights have both been fireworks, but the the Brad Riddell versus Drew Dober fight wasn't fireworks because of Brad Riddell. It's because Drew Dober was in his face for three rounds straight, you know. So uh, Brad Riddell, he he was more of a counter striker in that fight. Um, Fazev is definitely more of a counter striker as well. Um, you know, he was waiting for Bobby Green to come in, and then he was lighting him up. He's he's a counter striker. I think you know we got two kind of counter strikers here. I think it could play out a little slower. On that point, I think Fazev is the better striker. Um, don't get me wrong. I think Brad Ardell is, is a really good striker. I think Fazev is is a little better, though. Um, I mean, you got Brad Ardell. He wasn't doing much from the outside against Drew Dober. I, watched the, I rewatched the fight today. It was all, all Brad Ardell, all of his moments in that fight was when Drew Dober 
closed the distance too quick and he got a takedown or um, when Drew Dober was just going balls the ball and he got stunned by it because he was just had no defense of, uh, you know, no defense at all. He was just going for it. So, I mean, I don't think, I think Brad Ardell's a little overhyped here from that last win versus Drew Dober. And I think Fazev is the real deal. And I, you know, I think this one, you know, you said um, maybe the font line is a little like kind of biased. I think this one could be a little biased too because of their last performances. Fazev, a lot of people think he might have lost that last fight. Brad Ardell had like a, a you know, an amazing victory versus Drew Dober. But yeah. I think styles make fights. And in this, this matchup, I, I think I, I really like Fazev in this one. So. All right, then. That's another, that's good value on your pick, then. that's yeah. And another thing, too- like, Drew Drew Dober, that fight, like, Brad Riddell, a lot of the reason, it was a close fight, and I think a lot of the reason he won on the scorecards was the takedowns. I don't see him getting Fazev down. It was, and the, he only got the takedowns off of sloppy striking by Drew Dober. When Drew Dober is rushing in and he just get taken down because he was just completely unprepared. So I don't think that's going to happen. He's going to have to win just a stand-up war against just uh, an elite striker in Fazev, so... Yeah, so you think it could possibly be kind of a chess match here? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right, then that's interesting, and it makes sense to me. Uh, Jimmy Crute, Jamal Hill here. We got Jimmy Crute minus 160, Jamal Hill plus 140. Um, another one you got a decent read on, and uh, I'll let you give your thoughts first, and then I'll uh, I'll make my pick. Yeah, yeah, I I like uh, I like Jamal Hill on this one. I did a little bit of tip stu- tape study on this one. I didn't do it on Jimmy Crew, but just I just watched back that Jamal Hill versus uh, Paul Craig fight because I think, like you said, we I think we have a lot of bias on a lot of recent fights and a lot of these matchups here, and I think this is yeah. like a, a shining example of it. Uh, Jamal Hill has looked like a killer, but Paul Craig submits him as like a plus as like a, a plus three hundred underdog. Um, and I I mean we called it here on the podcast, not to toot our own horn, but uh. We did pick that uh, pick that upset. And, and we were there. Yeah, and we were there, so it was even better. I was going to the bathroom, though, during Big that time fight, insiders. But, uh, no big deal. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I like Jamal Hill on this one. I think Jamal Hill's takedown defense is really good. And people you say, like, you know, Paul Craig just submitted him. What, what do you mean? I mean, Paul Craig did not take him down. I mean, he, Jamal Hill stuffed his takedown. They got into a clinch, and Paul Craig pulled guard and Jamal Hill jumped into it, which was a very stupid move. You know, it was his, I think that was uh, Jamal Hill's first loss. You know, a guy like this, I think he's going to learn from that. He's, that's not going to happen again. He's going to not, he's going to do everything he can to not get, not to let this fight go to the ground. And I think he's got the skills to, to keep it standing, at least for most of the fight. So Jimmy Crute has a very, very tough, uh, a very tough matchup here against him. And, uh, I don't see why he's favored. I think this should be close to a pick him. I, I think Jamal Hill should win this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Jamal Hill, he just has a ton of length on Jimmy Crute, too. If he can stay on the out, if he can stuff the takedowns, keep this standing, and just strike a distance, I mean, he's going to just piece up Jimmy Crute bad. I mean, look what Jimmy Crute against Anthony Smith, what we just saw. Yeah. Anthony Smith pieced him up and was able to stop his takedowns a lot, you know? I think Jamal Hill is a more athletic guy. Uh, I think he's going to be able to do just the same, and I th- he's got better striking than Anthony Smith. So I think this line is bad, and I, I like Jamal Hill in this one. Yeah, I could not agree more. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a Jamal Hill fan. He's made me decent money uh, picking some of his fights when he was uh, just just getting into the UFC. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think Jimmy Crute is big, slow, unathletic. I think Jamal Hill is big, quick, and very athletic. I do think. Uh, I do think this line is just kind of almost wild. Um, 
I, I I've never been high on Jimmy Crute though, and I I know a lot of people have been. So I think that is a kind of plays into why I've I've been high on Hill, not high on Crute. So it's almost like I'm kind of the back the opposite of what uh what a lot of people have been. So I'm with right with you, Jamal Hill. Like this is one of my favorite picks on the whole card. I think he'll. I'm sure he's probably. I'm sure he's learned a lot from that submission loss. I think he just thought he was invincible, just going to jump in and dominate uh, Paul Craig. However, he felt like it. I mean, Paul Craig's a specialist. He had one way to beat Jamal Hill, and it and Jamal Hill helped him do it that way. Other than that, he uh, he didn't really have a he didn't really have a path to victory. So that's on Jamal Hill. That's bad bad IQ. I would expect him to correct that. And uh, if not, he's in his. Uh, if not, then he's going to have bigger problems. But I don't see that going that way. And I, like I said, I'm just not that high on Jimmy Crute. So Jamal Hill all day, uh, yeah, plus one forty, great number. Jimmy Crute, he, you know, his his game, right? He's just, uh, he's kind of a slow plotting grinder. He's tough. Uh, he's durable. Um, he's not going to give up. You know, you saw Decent that in power. the Anthony Smith fight. Decent power. But um, he's willing to take punches to get in there and get into the clinch, get the takedowns and stuff. Um, and Jamal Hill, I just don't think that's a guy you want to be trying to bulldog through. And I think he's got the skills to stop the takedown. So, you know, Jimmy Crew, he's a good fighter, right? He, he's, a, he's a good fighter. He's, not, he's nothing special, though. I mean, Jamal Hill, we don't know if he's what exactly he is yet, but I think he has potential to be a great fighter. So uh, I'm going I'm to go with, yeah, we're going with the potential on uh, Jamal Hill here, and we like the underdog price. Yep, with you on that 100%. All right, we got Brennan Allen versus Chris Curtis. Um, let me find this one real quick. Uh, Brennan Allen, minus 345. Chris Curtis, plus 285. Chris Curtis, the uh, big underdog win over Phil Hawes, was it, a couple weeks ago, a month yep. ago? So uh, he's back in action quickly. He must be a late replacement or something. That can't be – he didn't get scheduled this – was there uh, another – Allen was scheduled to face Brad – Tavares on December 4th Tavares pulled out and was replaced by Roman Delize in turn Delize was forced to pull due to complications from COVID and replaced by oh, Curtis oh so there you go yeah I, that, that, that just he just fought not that long ago like a month ago so I would have been surprised if he was really trying to stack him up but it must see a spot he kind of likes uh, what do you see in this fight here another big underdog spot for Chris Curtis who I guess I don't know that much about but he looked good in his last fight yeah, I mean, he didn't look that great though. Let's let's be honest. He was getting, he yeah, was I guess getting he pretty the, uh, pieced up. He landed up the punch it, he needed to land. Yeah, he he was getting beat up until he wasn't. You know, it was kind of one of those fights. But you know, Phil Hawes, he doesn't have a great gas tank, and I think he got he was landing and uh, got a little carried away and gassed out a little bit, and and uh, you know, Chris Curtis was able to take advantage. This is one I I think's tough. I think it's uh. I I think I like Brendan Allen on this honestly, but I don't like the price tag. I think they have this line um, a little too much in favor of Brendan Allen. Um, but that being said, you know we want to get the winner regardless, so we're not just going to pick a guy because we think, you know, maybe the line's off by like plus a hundred, you know. So I, yeah. I think Brendan Allen's going to win. I think Brendan Allen, we've seen a lot from him lately. Uh, he beat Soriano in his last fight. That Punale. Puna Lee, super yeah, super Soriano. powerful guy. Yeah, great guy. Uh, looks like a great prospect, but I uh, was able to beat him. Uh, you know, it just seems like Brennan Allen's really been involved in lately and uh, kind of coming into himself. His striking, uh, he's never the best striker, but it's been looking better. Um, his ground game is very good. Uh, you know, he's a very well-rounded fighter. Once again, not a great fighter, but a really good fighter, really well-rounded. And I think uh, that'll be enough to beat Chris Curtis, at least at this point. 
All right, then can't argue with that. Uh, Manel Cape versus uh, Zula Zula Gumov. Let me find the uh, line here. We got Manel Cape minus two sixty. Zuma Gulov plus two twenty. Uh, we talked about this one I, right off earlier, and this is another one where we think maybe the line's a little out of whack here. Um, the Manel Cape. This would be his fourth fight, I think. He's two and one, is he, or two and two? I'm not sure, um, but. Pretty highly touted prospect coming. Actually, Zumagulov was too. So these guys are going to meet up. And uh, what do you think goes down with this one? Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure really which way to go with this one. I, I was kind of leading one way, but I'm not really sure. You got two guys here who have had kind of similar career trajectories up until this point, right? Um, we got two guys that came into the UFC were supposed to be hot prospects, kind of uh, had, uh, you know, both dropped their first two fights, although. I mean, uh, let's see, uh, Manel Cape's first fight was to, to Alexander Pantoja in the UFC. Like, Welcome to the UFC, right? That's uh, yeah. that's about as tough of a fight as it gets. So you can't blame him for that one. Then he lost a, a split decision to Matthias Nikolaou, who's a decent fighter. Uh, and then he just beat Ode Osborne. Uh, you got Zalgis Zumagulov. His strength of schedule isn't as good. I mean, Rulian Paiva, he is a pretty good fighter, though. Uh, and then he lost Elmir Albazi. Um, and then in his last fight, he beat Jerome Rivera, who uh, that was just a I get him on track kind of fight, I think, yeah. for Zuma Gulov. But regardless, I mean, Zuma Gulov, uh, you know, I think these guys are just very, very similar fighters. I think this is going to be a very close fight. And uh, although, you know, I honestly, so the way I'm looking at it is I think it's going to be an extremely close fight, close to a 50-50 fight. I think Manel Cape is probably the slightly better fighter and would probably pull it off. But when you got plus 200 on Zuma Gulov, it's hard to go with them when you think he could win a decision here. So yeah, I'd say, you know, for this fight, just go with what you're feeling like. Um, uh, you know, if you, if you put it on parlays, I, it's one that I'm kind of going to stay away from on parlays. I think just cause I, I don't, I don't want to be putting him in LK as a minus two fifty yeah. whatever favorite on, on parlays when I think like he shouldn't be that big of a favorite. So, um, you know, I just think this is a really close fight. I think these guys match up well. I think they have very similar styles, very similar capabilities. And, uh, you know, we'll see who comes out on top. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, this is kind of one where, depending on how your night's going, maybe you, you just shoot a little bit on the underdog here if you if you feel like it. Otherwise, kind of avoid it. Yeah, not to be forgotten or lost in the uh, lost in the uh, details here. Manel Cape is a guy that will give a fight away just if it's close he'll just he'll he he lost his first two fights even the pantoja fight he just will he'll just lose due to inactivity he's a guy that will give a fight away a close he's he's not a guy that will go hunt down a win in a in a close fight so at least not from what we've seen he knocked out od osborne so that was you know kind of the highlight reel that we've he's been everyone kind of expected for him but his first two fights he basically gave those fights away by just not being an active fighter, not going after it at all. Knew they were close fights. So uh, back to just uh, guys you can trust versus guys you can't trust, and I do not have trust. Manel Cape seems like he's super athletic, super talented fighter, but he is uh, he's not a guy you can trust to go out there and uh, I guess fight for your fight for your minus um, what was it minus two sixty five dollars. So um, that's kind of why I'm super leery of betting on him. Yeah, and and. At, to that point, I mean, Zuma Gulov is a guy who can go three rounds hard. He's a guy who can go five rounds. He fought 
Fight Night's global champion. He, you know, he had a few, uh, I think three, four fights as the champion and then Fight Night's global. So he's a guy who can go five rounds. He's a guy who can push the pace. So if it comes down to Will, he's a, you know, he's a guy that may be able to steal one off Manal Cape if it comes down to it. Is Zuma Gulov, did he get kicked in the nuts like four times in his first UFC fight and then get like robbery decision? Is that, am Zuma I thinking Gu- of the right? He lost to Rulian Paiva. I don't know how many. See if it says in the breakdown here. I think there uh, were a couple brutal nut shots. If I'm th- it, unless I'm thinking of a different fight. Rulian Paiva, let's see. Paiva came in overweight on that one. Uh doesn't say anything about any fouls, but that doesn't it does say he lost a controversial decision. A sixteen out of twenty media outlet scored it for Zubangulov over Paiva. Yeah. I think I think that's the fight. I I don't think he lost any points, but he uh I think he got took a br- like brutal nut shots at least two, and he was like holding his dick the rest of the fight. I think it was pretty. It was because I remember thinking like, how much worse does it get than getting kicked in the balls twice, and then uh, getting a robbed on a decision like welcome to the UFC. But um, yeah, so I mean maybe maybe this is another one to tail the tail of the card. A guy who's kind of a uh, got some bad losses versus the guy who everyone's kind of high on, and uh, kind of the line kind of reflects that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how this one goes. Well, it, like I said, it's not one I'm gonna have uh, yeah. a lot of uh, money on by any means. But you know, I, I could see myself uh, during the walkouts tossing some money. On <laughs> Moment of truth. Yeah, you get a get a little hasty. You get a little excited for it. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, Cheyenne buys versus Mallory Martin. Here we got Cheyenne buys minus. 180, um, Mallory Martin plus 158. Um, I don't remember Cheyenne by his last fight, but she did win. Mallory Martin, I'm pretty sure, has lost. She won her. like uh, by a sick knockout. Remember, the chick was just getting back up to her feet and she threw that head kick like as soon as her hand, hands pulled off the ground and knocked her out. Cold. That was buys, right? Yeah, buys. Yeah, she got that bonus. She got the bonus for that and divorced her husband immediately. Um, she didn't want to share her bonus check, but uh, yeah, I don't remember what was Mallory Martin's last fight. It was against uh, Pollyanna Viana. She lost by armbar. Not good. Not a no. good look. So she's, yeah, she's got two losses, both by submission, one win, and it was against Hannah Cyphers by rear naked choke. So, I mean, this isn't, you know, the elite of the elite here. I think this is a a fight Cheyenne Baez could win here. Um, uh, you know. I'm still a little hesitant to bet on Cheyenne Buys, although she did look very good in her last fight. She has ditched the dead weight of JP Buys, um, which could be good for her. Um, she maybe but, did. Yeah, I can't. I can't confirm that she did. Okay, best fight odds actually has t- her in here twice. Cheyenne Visla, Vis, Vismas and Cheyenne Buys. They have her in here twice, so I don't know what name she's going by. I, it's Cheyenne Vlismas. The UFC website actually for the event has it as that as well. Okay, maybe I need to read the other line. Maybe she's minus two hundred. Then, all right, I'm gonna click on Mallory Martin. There's two separate lines. Cheyenne buys is a minus two twenty favorite. Mallory Martin plus one eighty five. It just depends Sh- on the book. It's just uh, some of them. Some of the books have it as buys still. Some of them has it have have it updated to Vlismas. Yeah. So she did ditch the dead weight. Yeah, she did ditch the dead weight from. Has the UFC that. ditched that dead weight yet? Most likely, I don't know for. Sh- I don't have it confirmed, but I don't see why they wouldn't. 
classic case of uh, letting a letting a uh, a a guy a guy in because he's uh, one of the girl's boyfriends, and then kicking him out later, and the girl yeah, stays there. Should, shouldn't they have consulted her first? Like you know, <laughs> like uh, they thought they're just doing her a, a salad, but she's like, dude, I was coming to the UFC to get ri- to get away from this dude. <laughs> Yeah, so match them up with some tough matchups and give me some uh, cakewalks and right. Well, <laughs> Get the hell so, out of here. so yeah, she's uh, she's uh, she's fighting for her new name or her old name, however you want to look at it. Yeah, exactly. But like I was saying, so I mean, Cheyenne Bai, she's she's one I'm still hesitant on. Don't get me wrong, uh, I haven't forgot about that first loss she had. Um, you know, that's still stuck in my memory. It's hard to forget about, you know, Bad when loss. you're thinking about betting on somebody, somebody who just couldn't, or, you know, knew how to get out of that position, but just refused to for four minutes, uh, you know, eight minutes out of the first 10 minutes of the fight. Um, it, it's kind of disheartening to see something like that and then feel confident betting on her, but she did look good in her last fight. Um, you know, and we're just, uh, we're going to ride her here and, uh, and hope she did have, does have it figured out, you know? Yeah, and uh, by the way, Mallory Martin just not very good, so that also helps. Yeah, yeah exactly. Not saying Montserrat Ruiz was good, but um, again, again, we're going to be positive. All right. Um, next up, Alonzo Menafield, William Knight. These are some big fellas here. Uh, Menafield is a minus one forty favorite. William Knight plus one twenty. These are. Two swole boys. Maybe the this may be the biggest, uh, the two most jack dudes to ever fight each other in the UFC besides Costa versus uh, Romero. Yeah, yeah. These are these are big guys. They uh, it's gonna be a banger. But you never know. We say that, like we said, you know, we a lot of these fights they're gonna be bangers. They they don't end up being bangers. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but I, I think I like William Knight in this fight. I mean, what are you thinking? Um, we are a fade Alonzo Menafield podcast aren't we haven't we been yeah we have been uh he did look better in his last fight versus Ed Herman though I mean it was a fight where Ed Herman wasn't pushing the pace whatsoever he wasn't able to you know kind of uh he wasn't able to put pressure on Alonzo Menafield and make him work for it so it was kind of just fought at Alonzo Alonzo Menafield's pace and he was able to go to the five rounds that's right he paced himself didn't he he paced himself but it wasn't it, it you know he was able to pace himself as the thing, you know, Ed Herman didn't make him work. So he was able to control the pace and he, and he was able to make it through the three rounds looking pretty fresh. But, you know, I think William Knight's a guy that's not going to just let Alonzo Menafield fight as his own pace. You know, I think William Knight's a guy who can bring it, you know, bring the pace as well. And, uh, I think it'll be a banger. This one could go either way. Um, we have, I think we've recapped this one quite a few times. It keeps getting canceled and rebooked and whatnot, but, uh, I'm going to go William Knight. He's a small underdog here. You got guys that are going to be throwing haymakers and, uh, yeah, I, I just think if it goes past the first round, uh, in a fight where they're throwing haymakers, so that William Knight's for sure going to come out on top, you know? Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Um, how is, uh, Menafield's wrestling? Because William Knight's wrestling is not very good. I don't think I don't think there's going to be any wrestling here, really. All right, then I'll I'll go with you. Um, possible live betting situation because Menafield is dangerous in the first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if you see this one after going into the second round and Menafield like won the first round big, then yeah, fire William Knight. I think. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's probably the safest. I guess if the... you see like him having to work some too, you know, 
if it, if he's just kind of coasting, throwing punch here and there, like at her, like against Ed Herman, maybe not. But you know, use your eyes, and you know, you, if you feel it, throw it. You know, fire. Yeah, and I'm not saying anybody's on steroids, but this this fight will remind you of some of like the early 2000 fights where the guys were just had like no necks, traps, traps like uh, up to their ears, Mo- monster biceps. These guys are huge dudes. These are big fellas. Yeah, it's hard to say that the steroid thing. I always, you know, I always want to throw out the steroid accusations, but I always remember my next door neighbor to Sean. He was the most ripped kid I've <laughs> I've known ever in high school, and uh, he all he did was sit ups and push ups in his garage. He didn't have any weights, nothing. He actually won the powerlifting competition his sophomore year after being in the powerlifting class for one year. So uh, he was just an absolute. He just know, built he just different. Shredded, yeah. He just built different. So there are there are. You know, and he definitely wasn't out on steroids. So, um, you know, some people are actually built different. But, uh, yeah, I guess when you're in the UFC and whatnot, like, you could be built different and be doing steroids most likely. Yeah, shout out to Sean. Yeah, I don't I don't know if these guys are on roids or not, but they're definitely big fellas. Big fellas. All right, last but not least, Alex Morono versus Mickey Gall. Let me, let me dig this one up on the card here. We got Alex Morono. Kind of on a little run here, minus 220 favorite over Mickey Gall, plus 185. Before I start laying slander on Mickey Gall's name, he has surprised me occasionally, especially in his last fight. Uh, was his last fight that Jordan Williams fight? I mean, Jordan uh, Williams yep. isn't good. Yeah, but. it was the Jordan Williams fight. All right, he he was supposed to lose that fight. He 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 actually stood, stood up pretty well with Platinum Perry, whatever that was, probably – a year and a half ago now it didn't it doesn't seem like that long ago but and then his stand-up looked good against uh jordan williams not that long ago over the summer um but alex morono has been kind of a on a decent run here he's had uh he's had some decent fights as of recently um i don't remember morono won the david zawada fight and then right and then he beat pettis beat rise or beat cowboy cerrone at one point been on a little run is basically my uh what i'm getting on so um i think morono's pretty solid i think you he probably he'll probably win this fight what's your uh what's your read on this one yeah i'm all ex morono here i'm gonna have him on uh on some parlays don't get me wrong i think mickey gall is improving um he was a guy who definitely he saw his opportunity against cm punk on the dana white's looking for a fight um he took it he got into the ufc earlier than he should have been and you know he's gone through some uh some growing pains because of that. But, you know, he is improving, but he has been fighting pretty low-level competition. Alex Morono is a guy you kind of think might be low-level competition, but then he's he's really not, you know. He's a pretty solid fighter. He's older, um, but he's kind of coming to his own lately. He looks good. Um, Mickey Gall, his big advantage is grappling, right? And Alex Morono is a, is a very good grappler himself. So uh, I don't think Mickey Gall is going to have a huge advantage there. Um, Striking-wise... Although Mickey Gall has looked better in his striking lately, I think uh, Alex Morono has been looking very comfortable in his striking yeah. as well. They say, you know, he has Alex Morono is a guy who has his own gym. He teaches. Uh, it looks like he's always in the gym putting in work, whether he's teaching people or whether he's in camp himself. I just think he's constantly improving. I, I just like Alex Morono in this one. Yeah, no, I, I think even without my, my slant that I dislike Mickey Gall for whatever reason, I don't even know what it is, but... I think I, I don't even need to factor that into the equation. I think I just like Alex Morono. To he's more well-rounded and a more solid fighter. So be surprised if Mickey Gall is able to pull this one off. So I'm with you there. Um, 
Any other fights on this card that stick out to you? Uh, yeah, there's yeah. all sorts of stuff listed here. Is yeah, we got Clay Guida versus uh, Leonardo Santos. Uh, that should yeah, be an interesting to watch. I always, I always want to watch Clay Guida fight. Um, yeah, and he's always live in fights, no matter what the uh, no matter what the line says. Yeah, he br- he brings it, man. He really does. Um, other than that, we got Brian Barberina fighting Darian Weeks. I don't know anything about his opponent, but Brian Barberina, Arizona guy, got a Got to give him a little shout-out. You got Mackie Patolo, uh, Coconut Bombs versus uh, Dusko Todorovic. Um, Jake Matthews versus Jeremiah Wells. And other than that, um, Chris Grutzmacher fighting Claudio Pulez. Uh, and Jared Vandera is fighting. And and Louis Smolka, the return of the corpse of Louis Smolka, is going to be back. So we'll see. <laughs> Finally, finally back. Yeah, holy this, cow. This is a good fight night. We got good matchups. Um, There's some, some sneaky really guys on this card. I mean, that Rob Polaeus Fon- guy. Or, what's that? That Polaeus guy is the guy that uh, beat up Jordan Levitt in the last fight he was in. Um, that Jeremiah Wells is the guy that went out and steamrolled Worley Elves. Elves. Oh, that's Jeremiah Wells? Yeah, remember, you, we were going to keep an eye on him. We already forgot about him, but yeah, he was. Uh, he looked good in that fight. Yeah, That's some gonna, sneaky. That could be a tough fight for uh, for Jake Matthews. I mean, Jake Matthews is pretty solid. Uh, he's been around for a long time at this, you know, at this point. But uh, last loss to Sean Brady. Before that, he's kind of beating up on bombs. But uh, yeah, uh, what's the line on that? Uh, they got Wells plus one forty seven, Matthews minus one sixty seven. Wow, I might I might just go all underdogs on this card. For <laughs> yeah. I think Jeremiah Wells could come out and absolutely steamroll Jake Matthews. I mean, Jake Matthews, I I mean, sh- Jeremiah Wells, he looks so explosive and whatnot. And I, I know Jake Matthews' game plan, he's going to try and grind this out, but I don't think he's going to be able to in the first round. Um, and uh, he, Jeremiah Wells seems like a guy who's hard to get past the first round against, you know, so. Yeah, I'm with you there. Some sneaky, some sneaky prospects coming through the uh... – through the fight night card. So, yeah, overall, I think this would be a good card. I think it'll be a really good card just from a fight standpoint. Yeah, we, we haven't had many fight nights like this, really. I mean, I guess we had two out of the last three were pretty good uh, with the Holloway um, card and then this one. But uh, before that, the last run of them was uh, something uh, that, you know, I, I don't want to look back on early. I, I just want to forget about it. So let's hope they keep looking like this and, and not like that little run we were on before. What about getting, uh, since we're at the end of the year, what about getting fight nights out of the Apex and back on the road? About I time know, for that, right? I hope so. They, they keep going back and forth. I mean, at first, Dana was like, we might do Apex for the next three years. And then, uh, I mean, a few a month or two ago, I heard, like, you know, he's, like, uh, thinking about taking it back on the road uh, in 2022. But then I haven't heard anything since then. So we'll see. Yeah, you know what? I heard. I have heard him say that it's just so convenient to have it at the Apex because it's like, what did he say? He said it's like working from home or... Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure it is. And, you know, with this ESPN deal, I don't think... I I, I think they're making pretty good money even on these Apex cards. So uh, it's probably tough to, for them when they're having record, uh, you know, record quarters every quarter and, you know, on, on pace for a record year with uh, not having to go on the road every weekend for these fight night cards. Uh, it's probably tough to consider taking it back out on the road, but um, I, it's just a better product when the fans are in there. I think, uh, 
you know, if they do want to keep doing it like this, I think they should build out like a mini stadium at the Apex. Yeah, hundred like percent. That was my, you know, like a sick like where the octagons in there and like it would be sick if the like just there was just stands built like, oh, you know, not even like a an actual like arena, but like just like almost like you know that shitty uh, minor league soccer team how they have that like goofy kind of uh, like um, stands that built up that you could take down easily, almost like that, just like a ring of like. Oh yeah, you're talking about around, off the highway around, and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, right around the <laughs> octagon. I think that'd be sick. Yeah, no, that's. I just want fans. Yeah, I wish they would just. Uh, it doesn't have to be a lot. It just has to be a packed house and like right on top of the cage. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We just need yeah a few thousand people just um, around the around the octagon. Maybe five thousand, a little small five thousand seat arena. Put these in. Um, yeah, make good money off of them and still have the still the smaller type deal at the apex you know yeah i think that would be perfect yeah start letting uh start letting people in i would never complain about that then i, w- I would prefer it to stay there then i had no issue with it yeah being keep there. doing them at the apex we don't need to be doing these in norfolk nebraska and whatnot but you know let's get some people in there <laughs> yeah i'm with you there so yeah maybe a little compromise and uh i'll have no issues but uh we'll move on then from our from our preview here uh after a full week off of fights, we'll, uh, this looks like we got a pretty good card, but we'll move on to our segments before we finish things up. Start with our Isn't He Awesome and our weekly call-out. I think it's my turn to go first this week. Yep. Um, so I'll get us started here. My Isn't He Awesome is kind of a uh, – a my Isn't He Awesome and my call-out are kind of related this week. Uh, first, Isn't He Awesome, kind of off the – shout-out Dana White. Him and his whole family have COVID. Get well soon um uncle dana um so just heard that so everyone's got covid right now again it's like the it's running through the uh running through the system again so not that's not good but the big boss has it so um that's a side one my real isn't he awesome is uh benil dariush stepping up to the plate gonna fight uh gonna fight islam makachev I don't know that I really truly believe Darius belongs in the top five with the other lightweights in there. I think he's kind of just been on a solid run, but we know we pretty much know what his limit is. But it would be awesome if he uh, if he beat uh, my call out this week, Islam Akhachev slash Khabib. Khabib, since retiring, has been talking a lot more than he used to, and uh, so has Makachev and I don't know why they think no matter what, no matter who you fight, if you have a nine-fight win streak, you automatically should be fighting for a title. I think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. But um, hoping Darius can get the job done. I think that fight's in February, but just be awesome if he was able to derail uh, derail them. And then I would not have to hear from Khabib or Islam Makachev, at least for a little while, because the nine-fight win streak would be over. Yeah, right. I mean, this ain't... This isn't boxing. Like, we're not supposed to just build up resumes against cans and then act like you're the GOAT just because, you know, like Khabib. That just pisses me off. I hate all the Khabib stands that think he's the GOAT. Don't get me wrong. I think he could have been the GOAT. He just never will be because he didn't fight the strength schedule. Like, dude, you fought 30. What was it? What's his record? Like, 29 and 0. 29 and 0. Yeah, you fought, let's see, 25 bums and, uh, and four elite guys. So, that that just that just doesn't work when you got guys like John Jones, GSP, uh, Fedor, you know, countless other names that have fought the best of the best over and over again and came out on top. So I, I could care less about your undefeated record. It doesn't matter. You didn't fight anybody good. I mean, and then you know your second coming, Islam Makhachev lost to uh, 
Adriano Martins in his second UFC fight by knockout. So don't get you know you aren't anything special either. Like that's gonna any day that'll happen again. I just I'm just waiting for it to happen. Don't get me wrong, yeah. they're good fighters. I don't like their style. Um, I don't like that you know their choice of opponents and then trying to claim how good they are. I they are good. I can you know I'm not too big of a hater to admit you know they do have the <laughs> skills, but it's just uh, they're over the top. You know they got this little Dag- Dagestani gang. Uh, yeah, that's what bothers me. The same, like they all, you know, they're like they act like they're holier than thou, but not wanting ring girls and shit. And then they're teaming up on poor little Artem and just you know <laughs> running around like thugs. So you know, choose one. You know, you guys can be thugs or you guys can be you know you devout Muslims. Choose one. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm sick of these fools. All right. Well, thank you. Took over my call out and had it much more. Did a much better job than me. Um, I don't like how it's just they just ride for each other so hard. And it's I mean I don't mind riding for your boys, but why is Khabib arguing with Justin Gaethje? Gaethje clearly deserves the next title shot. It's I mean uh, all Khabib comes back to every time is I don't care what you say. Nine fight winning streak should be a title shot. That's not. That's not. There's guys who have had nine. Tony had like a 12 fight winning streak and never got a title shot. So, I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. It's just. Yeah. I mean, nine fight winning streak against. Let me let me read these out for you. Chris Wade, Nick Lentz, Gleason Tebow, Cajun Johnson, Armin uh, Sarukian. Sarukian, Davi Ramos, and then the final three are halfway. Just Drew Dober, Tiago Moises, and Dan Hooker. So, I mean, you got a nine fight winning streak, but let's be honest, it's a three fight winning streak. Yeah, and again, he is really good and definitely belongs at the top of the division. All these things are true, but like, this is not the situation where you're like, I should have the next title shot. Like, it's not there yet, and anyone arguing that it is is ridiculous. If also, he beats, if he oh, beats Benil Darius, then I would say, yeah, go ahead. Right, and then also, but you know, but but you guys are wrestlers, and nobody wants to see that. We want to see Justin Gaethje, the Just Bleed King, putting it all out there on the line. <laughs> We don't want to see you guys sing, shooting single legs, shoot, you know, digging underhooks, take, take, using the cage for takedowns, and uh, we just don't want to see that crap. You know, you know, get more exciting, fight better competition, or, or just shut the hell up. All right, then that was a nice little tag team on that uh, that call out. So, uh, so who do you got this week then? Uh, isn't he awesome? I'm going to do our weekend off from, uh, the crazy UFC schedule we've had recently. It's been, was nice. It's been nuts. And uh, usually, you know, there, a lot of times we get the weekend off. I'm like, man, I wish I had a, a card to watch this weekend, but I took the, uh, opportunity last minute on, uh, on Friday or on, but yeah, Friday night, I decided, um, going out to New Mexico. So I went on a little vacation, um, got a, you know, went up to the woods relaxed did some hiking and uh, and chilled and it was uh it was a nice little break you know a lot of the times uh, if i do out of town i'm always trying to catch the fights anyway so it's good just have nothing to worry about chill and uh yeah thanksgiving had a long weekend so yeah it was it was nice i mean don't get me wrong i'm, I'm pumped for this weekend to start it back up again we got a good card here but uh a little break every once in a while is not too bad yeah, I did not even have the itch, and I didn't watch. Uh, oh yeah, shout out Mike Perry. He <clears throat> he won his fight in the Triller Triad uh, combat as a big underdog. I didn't watch that. Did watch a pretty good boxing match. You're um, the Twitter guy. Do we have any reviews? How? What was the? Uh, what, what's the uh, Twitter mob? What's the world thinking on on the Triad Triad deal? Is it the next big thing or what? The triangle. All, honestly, what it's all mixed about? reviews. Honestly, mixed reviews. A lot of people said it was pretty entertaining. 
Hmm. I would say I would say it overperformed. It didn't get laughed out of the arena. <clears throat> Although the main event, Frank Mir versus uh, bo- Pro Boxer. Pro Boxer was like 30 and 2. His only two losses were to Klitschko and Anthony Joshua. He murdered Frank Mir in about a two minute span. And if you haven't seen the video of, oh, here, uh, let me just add a quick call out. Dan Mergliata refing this event. This is basically, actually, Triller event was actually kind of what I thought it would be a good idea. Instead of bare knuckle boxing, instead of trying to reinvent MMA, it's basically boxing. It was basically MMA with no t- no no ground. So they're wearing like a hybrid boxing MMA glove, light glove, and then they're uh, they're like allowed to work in the clinch. So it's basically MMA with no t- with no ground game, which is awesome, and uh, no submissions. But uh, Dan Mergliata is refing this fight with Frank Mir and this uh, other bo- pro boxer that's got a pretty serious, legit resume. He rocks Frank Mir. Frank Mir is out on his feet. Like he was standing there like a Mortal Kombat character when you do the finish him. He was standing there wobbling back and forth. And uh, Mergliata was going to let this dude come in and rock him one more time. And at the last second, he jumped in to stop it. Like Frank Mir could easily be dead right now if he didn't stop it. So uh, I guess call out Mergliata for not stopping it sooner. But uh, kind of a shout out for coming to his senses at the very last second. But sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to throw uh, that in there. Yeah, no problem. Go for it. Interrupt whenever. But uh, that was, uh, is it kind of like the, uh, what is it? Is it Muay Thai or kickboxing that that the one FC, that one championship does with uh, with the MMA gloves? Kinda oh, like they that. do the hybrid. Yeah, they do the hybrid Muay Thai. Yeah, so pro- like that in a triangle, basically. Yeah, just no kicking. Yeah. So you know, you know if uh, if this Triller card had decent reviews, that it was actually probably a pretty entertaining card because I'm sure everybody was waiting to completely destroy it. So the fact that it didn't get completely destroyed probably probably says something for it. Yeah, I think it. Uh, I don't know that it made money or did really well financially, but I think uh, it sounded like it sounded like people were pretty entertained. The triangle, man, that might be. <laughs> They might be onto something. I, I'm all about it now. I'm, I'm catching the next one. Well, if there is a next one, I'll be, I'll be tuning in. So. <laughs> if there is a next one, that's the big thing. Yeah, and, uh, I might I'll watch send... it at a friend's house, to be honest. But I'm gonna watch. I will send you the video of uh, Frank Mir, and then you'll be very, you'll be very intrigued. <laughs> all right, perfect. So I got another quick, isn't he awesome? My guy Jose Aldo. I think I just throw him on at the uh, at the end of all my isn't he awesome when he's fighting. But you know, the man, the myth, the legend, Jose Aldo. He's been in the game forever, um, you know, just absolute class act, and uh, you know, I hope he gets the win here versus Rob Font. So, little shout out, um, but won't talk, spend too much time on that. We'll we'll head into our weekly call out here, Mike Winklejohn. I'm sure you have some stuff to say about this guy too, uh, but you know, this guy needs uh, he really needs a reality check, right? The way he's mishandling the John Jones situation, our guy, you know, the JLT podcast, yep. John Jones, uh, was in Arizona asked us if we wanted to hang out we were busy thanksgiving stuff but uh yeah you know so we couldn't go over to uh thanksgiving at chandler jones john jones weekend but that being said uh he is our guy the way that uh mike winklejohn has mishandled this situation is uh absolutely terrible and it's probably going to be the final nail in the coffin of the jackson and wink super gym i mean i wouldn't even call it a super gym anymore but it it I mean, if it was, if there was some, if it was on the fence or teeter-tottering, it's completely off the table now, I think. I mean, he's completely trashing and throwing away his only prospect, the GOAT, John Jones, and he's throwing him right under the bus. I mean, it's not the Jackson Wink of old. Uh, John Jones, literally his only champion, only guy left in the gym that has, is worth anything, 
And he's just getting rid of him, throwing him out like over. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're not, we're not supporting what John Jones did here, right? We've said we it suspended him. Times. We, suspe- we suspended we, him. We suspended him. We just brought him back. Um, but you know, we didn't throw him under the bus. We're still here supporting him. Uh, you know, people mess up. I've made mistakes. You've made mistakes. It happens. John Jones made a lot of mistakes, but <laughs> you know, he's a man of God. And uh, if Jesus forgives, I can forgive. Uh, and uh, Mike Winklejohn needs to take a book, out of, a page out of the Bible and uh, give John Jones another chance here. But honestly, he shouldn't. He should just go with Greg Jackson and just get it done that way because, uh, I mean, Jackson and Wink, they, they don't have anybody coming up to replace the old guard. Like, the whole old guard is gone except for John, and Winklejohn's and trashing him, and they have nobody left. So, And they have nobody, you know, nobody coming up that's going to replace him. So uh, Mike Winklejohn, he is just probably trying to milk the last little bit of rev relevance that he can out of the situation and uh yeah the guy sucks i think i read some headline i didn't read too deep into it so don't misquote me here but they let a convicted rapist train at the gym but they kicked john jones out over this so uh, that wasn't a headline that was a john jones tweet oh it was a tweet (laughs) john jones tweeted that he also wrote that they had a that they're uh basically that he's talking He's trashing him publicly, but he still has a John Jones poster on every wall in his building, and he spelled his own name wrong, J-O-H-N, instead of J-O-N. Idiot. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it. I mean, John Jones is the reason he has a gym. I mean, let's be honest. Greg Jackson, he is the he's the real deal, right? I mean, Mike Winklejohn was just kind of along for the ride in my book. So, I mean, Jackson should just leave his ass with John Jones, do whatever they're doing, and uh, leave Mike Winklejohn to be the next, you know, admin to Verdian or something, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that that whole you should have stopped by when you were in New Mexico, but that whole gym is uh t- I mean, it's just like it's just the sands of time. It's like 7 or 8 years ago you've been like that's the best gym in the in the world. That's where everyone needs to go. That's where Cowboy Cerrone was. That's where Mike Perry went for a while cuz he was looking trying to get in the best gym when he was still uh at his prime. It's like guys were just going there to for camps, guys were going there to train. Now it's like it's a ghost town like I guess you got Holly Holmes still there and uh, Michelle Waterson. So other than that, though, um, things aren't looking good. Yeah, I would have stopped in. I wasn't in that. I was in southern New Mexico. So I was like, uh, I went to the White Sands, which kind of like past Las Cruces a little bit. And then I went up to like, there's like a mountain, there's like a mo- some mountain towns, like 30 to 40 or 30 minutes to an hour outside of the White Sands that it's like 7,000 feet in elevation. Seems like you're in Colorado, actually. It's actually a pretty cool spot called Rui Doso. If you're ever... In the middle of nowhere in southern New Mexico, check it out. It's a good time. All right, I have not been there. I've driven through Albuquerque many times, but never done much this, exploring. Uh, I went to. I will tell a little story. I went to this burger spot there. I mean, this town's like, it's a small mountain town. Like, it's like there's not much there. Like, just cabins. Like, people have like some summer homes, probably from El Paso or something up there. And uh, there's this burger spot. I asked the person at the front desk of the hotel, like, where's a good spot to eat. So if you want to go somewhere close, I'm like, he's like, go to Anaheim Jacks. So I go over there. I'm like, it's just a burger place, right? Like all different types of burgers. Like it's nothing special at all. It's like fried food. They're mozzarella sticks that were literally about a half dollar thick. Like there was nice. more mozzarella than one person should eat in <laughs> a week in one mozzarella stick. It was a ridiculous place. I don't know why. He's like, that I, don't like I should have told a guy I didn't want something. I mean, yeah, it was good. But then... So there's the, they got this thing on the menu. It's called the Dominator. It's a it's a burger with Himalayan salt, uh, car, caramelized onion, candy, candied bacon, and a few different types of cheeses. And 
any side you want, plus a bottle of Dom Perignon for 250 bucks. <laughs> I, I was very close to ordering it. I didn't. And then, get this. So I, before, when I asked for the check and whatnot, I'm like, I asked the waitress. I'm like, hey, has anyone ever ordered the, uh, the Dominator here? She's like, uh, not really, just like one or two people. I'm like, all right, I'm going to order it next time. The bitch laughed me out of the building, dude. She, I mean, Ashley did pay for the meal, so she probably was thinking like this. This Jagoff didn't even pay for his own meal, and he's uh, he's telling me he's gonna order the Dominator next time. But uh, don't, mark my words, next time I'm if I'm ever in Ruidoso, New Mexico again, I am. Uh, I'll tweet out a picture of me uh, ordering the Dominator, and I'll probably have a crowd of uh, onlookers around me because uh, I don't think anyone else there could afford it. Yeah, she probably thought you told you first. You forget your wallet to pay pay for your meal that time, and then you're bragging that you're going to get the Dominator. <laughs> right, <laughs> classic. That's an unreal combo, though. Like that should be on like Man vs. Food or something. I've never heard of that. Uh, I've never right. heard of that combination. Middle of the, middle of the day, maybe like mm-hmm. on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, exactly. I was like, it definitely catches the eye. I was surprised more people hadn't ordered it, but. Uh, they're gonna get their third, second or third order uh, next time I'm there. So, yeah, and that waitress will be. Make sure she's there too to see. Oh, I'm gonna make sure she's there, but I'm not gonna make sure she's not my server, so she doesn't get the tip on my $250 meal. <laughs> Sounds like you got it all lined up. We got it all figured out. All right then. Any more callouts this week, other than uh, New Mexico's own Mike Winkle John? Uh. No, I think that's it for me. Um, yeah, no, I'm just excited for this week, and then we got a big pay-per-view next week. So uh, it's it's looking up in this uh, the UFC world we live in here. Yeah, we're going to finish out the year with a pretty solid card with uh, Poirier Oliveira. It's like these uh, – I feel like Poirier or Oliveira – I feel like there's always a good title fight on the uh, in the near future or we're arriving at it at any time. So this will be a big one, and – Small, Another solid small card. Call out I got here though too. We talk about UFC. We refer to MMA basically a lot as UFC. And I know there's, I don't know if we have any listeners. We're more of a Just Believe podcast. But if we do have listeners out there that are all like, it's MM, it's the MMA world, blah blah blah. Like, uh, you know, it's not just the UFC. It is just the UFC. The UFC is the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that'll ever matter. And you basically better just call MMA the UFC because uh, that's what it is. It's the big leagues is what it is. Everything else is minor leagues. And yeah, I watch I watch pretty much everything. So it's not like it's not like I uh neglect it. I mean, I still watch boxing too. Like there was a good boxing matches over the weekend. I pretty much watch it all, but yeah, there's no there's no uh there's no promotion in the world like the UFC. Yeah, so. you know you know what I'm thinking when I watch Bellator or PFL or One Championship or whatever? I think I'm wishing I was watching the UFC right now. I, I like MMA, but I wish this was a UFC production. <laughs> I cannot di- I cannot disagree with that statement at all. So PFL, yeah, nice on a Wednesday night. Um, but you're not going to tune into the PFL if it's on Saturday Saturday evening and there's a, uh, a Holly Holm fight on. Yeah, I mean, and Holly Holm's like the worst of the worst. And it's still yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, anything else? So we'll wrap it up then. Uh, no, we got we'll, we got uh, a lot of underdogs for you, so it could be a real good week. It could be a real bad week, but uh, on a tune in next week, we'll either be uh, a little bummed out or, or on top of the world. We'll see. 
Yep. Yeah, that's, so that'll do it then. We, we'll be back next week. We'll see how we do, and uh, we'll uh, check in then. All right. Peace. I'm a no.